0: tennis fans to the third episode of tennis traverse exploring the game the podcast that delves into the heart of the tennis world i'm your host ivy j and today we're summarizing u.s open week two predicting the man's final results and talking about the aftermath of the u.s open so a lot of you guys might be surprised that this is coming out on a sunday I am actually recording this on a Sunday as well, just because today's afternoon is the man's final, and I want you guys to be able to finish listening to this podcast, and I will be predicting the man's final results in this podcast, so stay tuned. And before I start, please follow me on all of my social media platforms using the at traverse. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Also, follow me on the streaming platform you are using to listen to my podcast right now and make sure to leave my show a rating. And on YouTube, please comment down below what I can do to make my podcast better and leave a like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Without further ado, let's get right into today's episode. So, I just want to start off with some upset matches and some highlight matches that happen. Note that last week, I actually grouped them in one category, but I feel like it's the second week, so there really isn't that much of upset matches going on. It's just some were unexpected, but they're not necessarily upsets, and... Let's just start with Ben Shelton's four set win against Tommy Paul. So, a lot of people actually thought that Tommy Paul will do really well in this tournament. And don't be mistaken, I think he did fairly well. But Ben Shelton had this really amazing energy to him and he just outperformed Tommy Paul. So, he actually served two 149 miles per hour serves, which is the second fastest serve in history at the US Open. The first being Andy Roddick at one. 152 miles per hour so I think this is a huge improvement for Ben Shelton and I really didn't expect him to somehow win against Tommy Paul but I'm really happy for him and the other one is Caroline Wozniacki's loss at against Kokogov. so this is Caroline Wozniacki's first Grand Slam after coming back from retirement and I am really happy that she did fairly well so she actually won a set against Koko but then Koko turned the tides and actually won the match but I really liked how Caroline Wozniacki played and we'll see more of her definitely the next one was unexpected which is Igor Shurantik's loss against Jelena Ostapenko. So, on my last episode, actually, I talked about how I was surprised that Jelena Ostapenko is still in the tournament, just because she hits a lot of unforced errors, and she's quite an unstable player, in my opinion. But she actually upset Igor Shurantik in a 3-setter. So, Ego won the first set, and then Jelena Ostapenko managed to come back, and the last deciding set, Ossipenko actually won by the score of 6-1, which is a huge gap in my opinion. But Iga played really well, and she won Roland Garros, which is the French Open up this year. So I'm happy with her performance. And because Iga lost this match, so Arena Sablenko, who I will talk about later, will become the official new WTA World Number no. 1 on Monday, which is a huge achievement. And I'm just really happy for her after all that she'd been through. The next match I will talk about is Djokovic's kind of only struggle throughout this whole tournament, which is his match against his fellow Serbian, Dejir. And it was actually a five-setter, and Novak was down 0-2. But he managed to do what Novak always does, which is to come back and ultimately win a match, of course and the thing i find really funny is because he was down two sets so he told the empire that he wanted to go back for a toilet break so he went back to his locker room and he kind of gave himself a pep talk in the mirror and the most funny part is he laughed at himself which i find really funny because he is down two sets and he still have the mindset to laugh about this match results and he ultimately won the match which is just super high level of him and And it really stuns me as a tennis player because he has such a good mindset. And when you're playing against a player like him, you cannot ever just lose your concentration because Novak will find that and will ultimately come back. So the next match is Zvera versus Sinner. It was actually a 5-set match. I think both players were kind of nervous at the start of the match, but as the match progressed, they became relaxed and it was a good match. The next one is Rabakina's loss against Kritia. It was a three-setter, but I really didn't expect Elena to lose just because I was there during fan week and I saw her hit and she was hitting really well, extremely well even. So I really didn't expect her to lose, but it's the beauty of tennis. And the other match was Keys versus Pagula. It was a surprisingly easy win for Keyes. I really didn't expect it because Pagula was really hot coming into the US Open. She won a title in Canada, I think, and she was doing really well. But I think it's because of Pagula's schedule. So she's not only participating in a women's singles tournament. She is also participating in the women's doubles tournament with Coco Gauff as well as A mixed doubles tournament so it's really an insane schedule if you come to think about it of like how many matches she will play throughout this tournament so in my opinion it's one of the key factors of why pagula lost the next match I will talk about is Peyton Stearns versus Mandrosuva. Peyton Stearns played amazing. So I was rooting for Peyton Stearns because the last day of fan week, I actually went with my friends on my tennis team and we got a selfie from Peyton Stearns. So she was actually practicing with Layla Ferdinand. We originally wanted a selfie with Layla, but no hate. She was practicing after this. So she just didn't sign or do selfies with all of us, which is totally fine, and we decided to get a selfie with Peyton Stearns, and she was so nice, and I really was rooting for her after this, and she played so well. So she actually won the first set against Vandrosuba, but ultimately she lost in the second two, which I'm totally happy about. I think we'll see more of her later. The next match I will talk about is Zheng Qingwen versus Shaboor. So, Surprisingly, Zheng Wen actually won in two sets. This also have to do definitely with Jabbar's sickness that she has been dealing. I just feel really bad for Jabbar because she deserves a Grand Slam for sure, but there has been a lot of factors playing into her run and stopping her from getting her first Grand Slam, but I believe she'll get there, definitely. The next is Ben Shelton, who I already talked about. But for the next round, so after he beat Tommy Paul, he actually beat Tiafoe, which I was so surprised about because Tiafoe was playing amazing. The next match I will talk about is Keys beating Marquita Androsoba. So this match was unexpected to me because Keys really wasn't doing that well leading up to the tournament. However, Marquita Androsoba actually won Wimbledon which is a tournament Grand Slam before the U.S. Open. And I'm just really happy for Markita Bandrosova as well, even though she lost, because normally sometimes when you win a Grand Slam title, the pressure will get to her. But surprisingly, the pressure didn't get to Markita. She actually played really well and she was feeling really confident and she had a deep run in this year's US Open, the next two matches are matches that I think are the best. Well, apart from the women's final which I will talk about obviously later. So the first match is Subलंका versus Keys. So Subलंका actually got bagel in the first set. Bagel means that she actually lost 0-6. However, she managed to come back all the way and actually win the whole match. So during the f- second side tiebreak, she actually won 7-1, I believe. And the second tiebreak, which is the deciding set, she won 10-5, which is such an amazing performance for her because imagine getting big old in the first set and still having the mental toughness to come back and win. I really love matches like this because you can see the magical aspect of tennis. The next match I will talk about is Medvedev's win against Alcaraz. I think it was an amazing match, even though it was a 4 sitter It was amazing. Both players were hitting really well, and Alcaraz actually hit one of the shots I believe he hit last year against Sinner, which is the behind-the-back shot, even though he lost that point. But it was an amazing match. It was highlights after highlights after highlights. And that's it for all of the highlight matches I will talk about. Now we are moving on to the women's finals and my thoughts on it. So Coco Gop ultimately won after losing the first set and I thought she played amazing. She was tense at first of course because it is her second Grand Slam final and because she's also playing on home turf it's really hard because of all the pressure that's built up against her but she managed to turn that pressure into motivation and she did super well. In my opinion, this is the best women's final of Grand Slam this year. Both players tried their best. Coco's coverage of the court is actually insane. How she can run from that corner to this corner so easily. It's just insane to me. And I feel really happy for Coco because this is her first Grand Slam and it's on her home turf. And the crowd loves her here. So it's an amazing win for her. On a side note, Kevin Duran, Maria Sharapova, and a lot of famous people are here to support Coco, and I'm just really amazed at how tennis can bring people together, and not just tennis really, but a love for sport can really unite people together, which I think is really magical. I actually predicted this final in my last episode. Even though I said that Blanco will win the title, but ultimately Coco did. However, I actually predicted the final, which I'm super happy about. So if you guys want to listen to that episode, please make sure to listen to it. I talked a lot about the different issues surrounding this year's US Open and other early roundups and matches that I think are also worth watching the highlights for. Okay, one more thing before I actually predict the man's final results, which is Naomi Osaka is back. She's my favorite tennis player. I love her. I'm insane for her. And you guys will probably see after she actually come back on court. But she went to the US Open this year, I believe during the semifinals of Coco's match. And she actually had an interview. And during her interview, she talked about obviously being a mother and the other part is about how she actually have a really packed schedule for 2024 and she said that somebody will be really excited about it that somebody is definitely me because i just love seeing her play and by her coming back into the picture we never know how she will change how the woman's ranking goes because she's an amazing and talented player so i can't wait for her to obviously get back on tour again Okay, so enough of me blabbering about the other matches, I will talk now and predict the man's final results, but before I start, obviously, I am going to talk about what the IBM Slam Tracker says. So in case you guys don't know, the IBM Slam Tracker is an AI that the US Open uses to analyze matches and predict who will win and before I get into the detailed statistics part, the IBM tracker predicted that Novak will have a 53% chance of winning and Daniel Medvedev will have a 47% chance of winning. And here are just some notable stats I think will play into the match and I will talk about my view on it. So the first is throughout the semifinals Medvedev has won 40% of the points returning the first serve. Second among players in the field of 128 so this is an amazing record i think because both players have amazing return skills Novak has re- amazing return skills just because of his experience and how he is obviously significant older not that it's a bad thing it's just he has more experience leading up to the finals and he obviously played more finals than medvedev so this match will rely heavily on ability to convert breakpoints in my opinion because both players are amazing returners so they will generate a lot of breakpoints but they have to make sure that their game is mentally strong to actually convert those breakpoints and have an early lead for them. The other thing I want to talk about is Medvedev's fastest serve speed is 130 miles per hour compared to Djokovic's 126 miles per hour, so their serves, in my opinion, are relatively the same, so I really can't say that who will be better during their service game, so as I said before, it relies heavily on return of serves. The other thing I want to talk about is in the finals of the 2021 US Open Championships, Medvedev actually defeated Djokovic in three sets. So this will be an interesting match. And finally, my prediction. I think Novak will win, not in an easy way, because... I think he's been struggling a little physically. I think it will be a 5-setter or a 4-setter. And it's going to be an amazing match. So I think all of you guys should try to at least watch the highlights. Or if you guys can, try to actually watch the live of this match. Because it's going to be extremely fun. And it's going to be highlights after highlights after highlights. And the other thing I want to talk about is the aftermath of the US Open. So, Arena Sablinka will become world number one, even though she lost. Coco Gob will have a record-breaking world number three after her win. And Novak, as I said, will be number one regardless, as well as Medvedev will be world number three regardless. Now, I'm going to talk about some tournaments that will be fun to watch, and I'm not gonna get into the details of it, I'm just going to get into the details of some of the tournaments. The first one is Labor's Cup. So this year's Labor Cup is nothing compared to last year because last year, four tennis giants were here. Novak Djokovic, Andy Murray, Rafael Nadal, Roger Federer. And not just that, it was Roger Federer's last tournament. He was playing doubles with Rafael Nadal. So it was just an amazing lineup. So this year's lineup, is kind of weak compared to last year's. But Casper Root is there, which I'm happy about. And it's going to be definitely full of nostalgic vibes just because Roger Federer will be there. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I really like these team tournaments because I think it brings out a more competitive side. And I really like seeing how players interact with each other. And then it's the Astana Open, which I believe Novak won last year. And then it's the China Open, which is actually the first ever tennis tournament I went to. And I feel sad about it because obviously now I'm in New York and I can't watch the China Open in person anymore. I have to watch live streams. And I'm not complaining because I have the U.S. Open here now. And I just feel sad because it's my first ever tennis tournament i've been to and i really want to see how players will play there after not being there since 2019 now i will talk about some masters a thousand tournaments which are tournaments that are worth a thousand points that will be taking place in october so the first one is shanghai masters in china which has not been going on since 2019 same as the china open The next one is paris masters which is an amazing tournament I believe that last year, Holger Rooney and Novak Djokovic played in a final where Holger Rooney actually won in the three set. And in my last episode, I talked about how Holger and his coach Patrick will figure something out after his round one loss at the US Open. But I was mistaken. They part ways. But I'm sure that Hojo Rune will find some amazing other coach to work with. And Patrick will also find another amazing player to work with. And then in the November of the ATP schedule, it is going to be the Needle ATP Finals, which is going to be the top eight players fighting to see who was the best out of them. And then it's the next generation ATP Finals which is also an amazing tournament. On a woman's side, some notable tournaments are the Tokyo Open, China Open, and they finally announced where we will be hosting our WTA finals. It's going to be at Cocoon, Mexico. They spent forever, I don't know, maybe finding a venue to organize this event, or just... Or just announcing this to the public in general because last year i believe the tournament was in texas and because they also announced it late the attendance rate was really slim and there were literally no one in the stands well not no one i'm over exaggerating but there were just a few people in the stands and this year i believe that you've released it even later which it really isn't good on a WTA side if they want to promote women's tennis, in my opinion. And that's it for today's episode. This episode was longer than the first episode, shorter than a second episode, but I really hope that you guys enjoyed it. As usual, it was a blast filming it and please make sure to go watch the men's final that will be going on at 4pm this afternoon you can watch it on ESPN, i believe and the channel is 570 so go check that out if you guys have time and follow me on all of my social media platforms follow me on all of the streaming platforms and subscribe to my youtube channel thank you so much for listening and i'll see you guys next monday bye